The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now! Welcome to After 9, everybody. Got a lot of text messages and DMs after yesterday's podcast. Forgetting my anniversary was a mistake I don't think I'll ever make again. How can you ever forget it? Ever. Again. Yeah, I and I won't. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> People really <laughs> held your feet to the fire. I was surprised well, at how uh, vicious some of the DMs got. Yeah, some of the DMs were one person said I was a selfish son of a bitch. <laughs> That's incredible. For forgetting the anniversary. Uh-huh. Another person shot their shot in a weird kind of a way. They said, when she dumps you, call me. You seem like a nice guy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was all over the place. People climbed up one side of me and down the other. And they don't even know me or her. They just wanted to vent. Oh. Are these people then that have had anniversaries forgotten on them? Are they just projecting a little bit? Or are they just trying to get, uh, just trying to... <laughs> be nosy just pile on yeah exactly <laughs> exactly I, you know what i think there's probably some validity to both of those statements they're piling on because it's funny um and on top of that there's probably some people who have had birthdays forgotten or have had anniversaries forgotten and they they feel sad about it uh they felt hurt jilted if you will uh and it never left them one person said boy it'd be a shame if she forgot your birthday next year Oh, now she's planning to forget. Uh, this is what the person is suggesting. Well, maybe she should accidentally forget your birthday next year. My brother's birthday was yesterday, and we we have a text relationship. We don't talk all that often, uh, but we text a bit. And um, I thought about his birthday like four times yesterday, and I thought, oh, I'll send him a text. I'll send him a text later. Wouldn't you know it? I didn't send him a text. You didn't send him a text. No. So nope. here I am today going, oh, now I got to send him a belated birthday text, <laughs> even though I thought about him like four or five times yesterday. So uh, do it on the spot and, and set reminders for yourself in your phone so you can avoid forgetting anniversaries and uh, your siblings' birthdays. Are you, uh, are you in favor of drinking in parks? Because it's now legal in Toronto at, at at least a few of them that you can go and, and just get shit-faced and have yourself a great time. Some of the timing's weird on, on some of these things. Like, you're allowed to drink at what time? Starting at what time in the day? 5.30 in the morning until midnight. But God forbid you have a drink between midnight and 5.30 a.m. Could you imagine sitting there having a little boozy-woozy while kids are going to school? <laughs> <laughs> Like, top of the morning to you with a glass of scotch. What's up, kids? What is the drink of choice in a park? Are you taking, like, coolers or beers, or are you walking in there with, like, a 40-pounder of gin? Well, you know, I think most people have gotten away with it up to this point by putting their cottage springs in a Yeti. Uh, or we all know what the what you're doing. It's if not you're in a park with a Yeti, it's booze. It, just, just stop lying. Yeah, don't don't try to tell us otherwise. We know the truth. And that's it. It's the truth. And you know it. I'm looking at the list of parks here, like Queens Park. Uh, that'll be great for the protests when you can get nice and liquored up when oh. you do it. Uh, Corktown Common, Earl's Court Park, Woodbine Beach. You'll be able to drink at the beach now. I guess. Like, again, I think people have been doing this forever. Now it's just they're not going to get in trouble for it. And is that the point, though? Like, I kind of feel like sometimes the, the, the people in charge of law and order, 
just give up. You know what? We can't keep up with all the fucking pot charges and there's too many people in jail for selling weed. So just fucking legalize it. That's a really good point. Is that what they're doing with booze? Like we're tired of writing tickets. In fact, they say they did. They haven't written a single drinking in the park ticket in 2023. Not one. So I think they've just given up and said, just legalize it and get it off our plates. Well, here's a great example of that. It goes in line with what you're saying. Like the pot shops. Remember there was like this crazy hard fast rule of you cannot advertise it in a particular way you cannot have logos you cannot have cartoony kind of characters on your signs because they don't want it to appeal to kids i see it everywhere everywhere you go it's not just cannabis store it's it's like wacky joes and and like all this like they're they're doing exactly what they said they weren't going to be able to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't see anybody getting into trouble for it, which is fine. If that's what, that's what you decided, it's not a big deal. Well, then don't make a big deal of it to begin with. I agree with you. I uh, Wait a second. Can you still smoke a joint in the park? Yeah. You can't. And you always could, right? There was no rule that said you couldn't smoke cannabis. It was just that you couldn't drink alcohol. Is that the, the case? Yeah. And I guess there's there's some parts that have designated areas for smoking. So please adhere to that. At the minimum. Yeah. Smokes, it drifts, and and pot smoke smells. So I'm yeah. sure that people don't want to walk through that cloud as they're trying to get into the playground with their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot I want to cover here in this episode, but first and foremost, something that you brought to my attention today. Concerts are very expensive. We all understand that. Wouldn't it be better if you got a little bit more added value when you bought a ticket to a concert? Well, in comes Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah, I love this. Friday night. They're going to be at Budweiser stage, but that's not all. They're opening up another opportunity at Echo Beach before the show. Yeah, this is this is fun, and I hope this becomes a more regular thing, especially for shows at Budweiser stage, because you have Echo Beach there, and you have a lot of space. They're doing what they're calling the Queen's Coliseum, and it opens up at, uh, I think it's like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It opens up earlier in the day, uh, and this is the list of the things that they've got going on. Uh, before the Queens of the Stone Age show at Budweiser stage. They're advertising burlesque, local vendors, food, art, books, oddities, live tattooing, a live silk screen printing where you can get your own clothes branded with Queens of the Stone Age logos and stuff like that. Oh, you don't have to buy a blank t-shirt and they just screen it on? You bring your own clothes. Bring your own shirt to get scanned. That's kind of fun. That's kind of neat, actually. Yeah, yeah. vintage clothing market. Uh, <laughs> this is fun. There's a make-your-own-jorts station. Bring some jeans you want to cut into shorts and they'll help you do it. Really? Yeah, it's amazing. There's do people be... who go to Queens of the Stone Age concerts wear jorts? Is I, that I part of the demo? I didn't know if jorts was a big part of the fandom, but it's it, sure. I mean, I'll, I'll take part in the jorts station if you really want. Um, they're encouraging you wear togas. If they spot you in a toga, you'll get a free donut. Like That's a fucking weird thing. It's so funny. Like, I love this. Oh, and by the way, there was also a unisex wet t-shirt contest for charity. <laughs> What? How can you not go to this event? Uh, And it's free, by the way, for anybody with a ticket to the Queens of the Stone Age show. Holy cow. So it's just added value. It's just come down, have a party. Let's have a good time. I'm going to see Montreal. I'm going to see Montreal. I'm going to Montreal to see Metallica um, in uh, about a week and a half. And they're doing a Friday show and a Sunday show. And then the Saturday, they do a bunch of Metallica-esque events throughout the city. So they're going to show some of the Metallica movies. There's going to be uh, karaoke events and art events and all kinds of stuff. I think it's a smart thing to do. I mean, you've got fans who are willing to pay big money for tickets. Something a little extra. Sure. Why not? So you are going to that Metallica show? Yeah, both of them. 
Both of them. The Friday and the Sunday. Really? Yeah. Olympic Stadium. So there's going to be probably 60,000, 70,000 people both nights. How much is a hotel in Montreal with Metallica doing two shows? They're outlandish now. But so when the tickets went on sale in November, I think hotels were quick to go, oh, right, we should probably jack the prices. And they did. I managed to find an Airbnb that was really, really nice uh, and for a lot cheaper than I would have paid at a hotel. So really? I'm quite happy that it turned out and worked out the way it did. They hadn't jacked the prices on Airbnb yet at that stage. Have you uh, dipped your toe in the world of online gambling yet here in Ontario? I haven't. I've thought about it a couple of times because I can't watch a game without being reminded of it. It's everywhere, dude. Yeah. I mean, they're giving you live odds in the middle of the game saying bet on the seventh inning. Yeah, what, I, what the I, fuck? I, I got Jesse from Breaking Bad telling me, you could bet now. And I'm like, it's 2 nothing in the fourth inning. What? <laughs> I can still bet on this? But you can. It's wild to me that that even exists. It's amazing how many people bet on the FIFA Women's World Cup. OLG released some numbers yesterday. 52% of bets had Canada beating Australia on Monday. And, of course, Canada ended up losing that game badly. It was an embarrassment. 4 nothing loss. Only a quarter of 1% of all of the bets correctly predicted a 4 nothing Australia score. And those people had great odds. If they put down even a half-decent amount of money, they're rich right now. Well, I bet you those are the people that played wide, right? Where they, they said, okay, I'll bet if they if it's a one nothing Australia, 2 nothing, 3 nothing, 4 nothing. they probably bet all of them. I don't know a lot of people that would have predicted that be the score. Obviously, less than 1%. Was it less than half of 1%? Less than half of 1%, less than a quarter of 1% correctly predicted for nothing. Yeah, so to put that bet down, it's either a crapshoot bet where you're just like, nah, whatever, let's just go for nothing Australia. Or you're thinking, no, this, let's go, I'm going to play a few of them and, and, and try to better my odds of winning. I don't understand that kind of lack of giving a shit about money. Yeah. The odds of that actually happening were astronomical. That's why it was such a lucrative bet if you actually made the bet. But you were so likely to lose that bet. You were basically tossing away 20, 30, 50 bucks. Yeah, whatever money you put down on it. And obviously, the more you bet, the more you get back as a win. But I don't know that there's a lot of people who are saying, I'm going to bet $100 that Australia wins for nothing. <laughs> you know that I don't I, think that's happening. <laughs> you know that I coach uh, lacrosse and I, I've got a lot of teenagers as as players on my roster. And it is amazing to me how many kids that I know are not 18 yet are gambling online. And I don't even know where they got the money. Is this their birthday money? Are parents giving them uh, an allowance or just giving them gambling money? I don't know how they even got these accounts, but they're gambling online and throwing away a lot of money on shit like this. I feel like that's a slippery slope. It is. It really is. Like kids getting in on the gambling so young but while they're playing the sport. Like, do they want to bet on their games? I hope not. Oh, no, no, you can't bet on those yet. I, I'll eventually get my way there, but right now you can't. <laughs> I, I imagine it, it'll get to a point one day where you can bet on things uh, as, as low on the, uh, on the, totem pole is like my rec softball league i'd love to be able to bet on that what's your record uh one and three. Oh. One, three and one. One, three and one yeah, you had a tie you had a tie really yeah they don't play an extra inning or anything no because it's timed um there's other teams that need to play on the diamond after us and and that so unless there's time to play it um we have yeah we have a set time limit oh so what i, I would probably be good money if i actually bet on you guys to win uh, yeah, at this point, <laughs> yeah, we have a game tonight and, and, uh, it's against one of our rivals. 
So bat and bougie, you're going down. You've played four games and you have a rival. Yeah, we really? played them twice in like the preseason too, and it was it was good competitive games. Really? Yeah. Oh, this is like your Orioles. Okay, great. Oh yes. Uh, Canada was second in all betting to win it all. Sixteen percent of the bets on a winner were on Canada. So in case you're wondering, how does this industry make money? It's shit like that. That's how they make money. They made a lot of money. You lose, government wins. All that money back into the taxpayers' coffers. Fix the potholes. Fix <laughs> That's going to be the first thing people say. Potholes. How the roads are so bad? <laughs> I took all my gambling money. <laughs> I got to uh, dip. You got to go? Yeah. I know. Dave's got a meeting today, everybody. So I'll tell you what. Uh, there may or may not be a commercial break here. You may or may not be hearing the soothing sounds of Alan Cross for about two minutes. And then I'll be back solo for the second half of After 9. Keep it exciting, please. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Since 2015, we've invested about $365 million uh, in housing in Hamilton that has resulted in uh, creation of and refurbishment of a lot of, uh, lot of units, but there's more to do. In terms of homelessness specifically, uh, through Reaching Home, partnering with the City of Hamilton, we're talking about directly $60 million over the past years that we've put uh, forward to help uh, people in Hamilton. But this continues to be a challenge uh, that we are very much uh, seized with, uh, that we're looking uh, to different solutions. Many of the investments we're announcing today, the $45 million, uh, will uh, be available to the most vulnerable people, including people who are currently in encampments. Now, when Conservatives look at tent encampments, simply throw up their hands and say, it's broken, we should cut funding because it doesn't work, um, that's exactly the wrong path. That was just a little bit of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Just the other day, he was doing an appearance in Hamilton. He was talking about uh, a multi-million dollar investment to rebuild and refurbish some of the old homes in the downtown area. Let me just read back some of the numbers he mentioned there. They've spent $360 million on refurbishing and rebuilding houses. $60 million on homelessness just in Hamilton. You taken a drive through Hamilton recently? Have you? Have you noticed the amount of homeless people? You know, in Toronto, I know there was a lot of people that were really, really shocked when they saw new immigrants and refugees to Canada sleeping on sidewalks outside the shelter. That was very jarring. It made national news. Well, for those who don't know, it's been happening in Hamilton for a very, very long time. The prime minister says it's the wrong way if you want to make cuts. You shouldn't be cutting. The, the prime minister wants you to think that the conservatives are just going to cut everything right down to raw. Well, he spent $360 million, and there's still a colossal housing shortage. $360 million, and he doesn't even know how many of those homes got completed or who's living in them. Another $60 million, is that what he said, on homelessness? And the problem is worse than it's ever been before. For those who don't know, maybe you're a new listener to After 9. Homelessness, poverty, the economy, those are issues that matter to me because I'm a human being 
I have neighbors who are also human beings, and I see the suffering that's going on right now. I see that people have had their mortgage rates through zero fault of their own by pure incompetence by the Bank of Canada. Tiff Macklem, not a smart individual, not a smart individual, and he's even less compassionate than he is smart. This guy has intentionally made life so unaffordable for Canadians that many of them are losing their home. And if it's not a foreclosure sign going up on the lawn, which you don't see very often in Canada, it's really just a matter of people have come to the realization that their mortgage has gone up $1,500 a month and they don't have an extra $1,500 to pay that mortgage, so they've got to sell it off. Sometimes they're selling it for less than it's worth because they got to get rid of it. And is there a place for them to go? arguably, there's places they can go. They can find somewhere, somewhere in the country, but it's not going to be in their community. They're going to have to move because the communities that are established in Canada are far too expensive for the vast majority of people that are looking for a home. So the prime minister says, no cuts, you must spend. That's what he says, even though by my math here, he's at $420 million in Hamilton alone on housing and homelessness, and it doesn't seem to have helped the problem one bit. If nothing else, it seems to be worse. Well, it's great that we're in a bit of a tit-for-tat right now because a lot of the media pool that follows the prime minister around either follow Pierre Polyev around or they have colleagues who do. Pierre Polyev, of course, you should probably know by now, the leader of the official opposition, the Conservative Party. So after the prime minister made his remarks, Pierre Polyev in Ottawa was asked about that topic. And here's what he had to say. I don't even need to respond. When I was housing minister, housing cost half of what it does now. We didn't have people living in tent cities. We didn't see, I'll, I'll give you the stats. This is the result of Justin Trudeau's policy on housing. It's true. There's no question that our policy under the conservative government costs less money but it was also more effective in bringing about affordable housing to Canadians. The rent in this country is up 93%. Mortgage payments are up over 100%. The needed down payment for a home is up 100%. You know, these are the costs that Justin Trudeau has imposed. Now, he might brag that his policy is more expensive to taxpayers, but that doesn't make it a, a success. Failing is bad. Failing expensively is worse. We will do neither. When I'm Prime Minister, we will succeed at a lower cost to home buyers and taxpayers. Okay, so I mean, he didn't give any specifics there, but at least he's pointing out what I think most people understand. You got to stretch the dollar a little further and you've got to use your money smartly. Just writing blank checks, well, that's done nothing but contribute to inflation, which is really at the core of a lot of the problems that we've got in this country. So you can decide what you want to decide based on what you just heard, but it seems that throwing ridiculous amounts of money at a problem with no actual solution isn't helping. And again, I'm coming to you from not a political point of view. I'm coming to you from a practical point of view and a humanity point of view. There's a lot of people out there that can't afford to live. We've got more Canadians than ever before accessing food banks. And we keep spending money. Money doesn't seem to be the problem here. There seems to be an infinite amount of it because they can just keep printing more. But are we actually solving any problems here when we just send out these checks? And where does that money go? Uh, I did the math on the, uh, was it 212 homes that are going to get upgraded with the amount of money that they're investing in it from the feds. It, it works out to about $399,000 a home. 
$399,000 for one family to have a home? Really? That seems wild to me. It just doesn't seem right. It seems like this money could be much better refocused. But the prime minister did carry on. This tit for tat with him and Pierre Polyev continued. Let me play a little bit more of what the prime minister had to say. The BC port strike. We've also got National Steel Car that's been on strike in Hamilton for several weeks. And Metro grocery store workers have gone out on strike. They, can't, they say they can't afford to, to shop in the stores where they work. There's every reason to believe we're going to see more of this as contracts expire. How are we going to handle this with more people asking for higher wages? Well, I think we've understood uh, that these past years have been extremely difficult. Inflation uh, put a lot of pressure on household budgets right across the board. And this inflation, which was caused by the war in Ukraine hitting energy and food prices, uh, this inflation that was caused by the hangover from the pandemic that has disrupted supply chains around the world, global inflation is a challenge that everyone is facing. Now, here... Listen, I'm going to play the rest of what the Prime Minister had to say because you deserve to hear the whole rest of it in case you didn't hear it the first time or you haven't gone out of your way to see it. When he talked about what caused inflation, let's... I, I think everybody knows... What caused inflation? There were some supply chain issues, no doubt. The, the war in Ukraine, pff, think whatever you want there. Inflation was caused by the government printing too much money. And they were warned along the way that this is going to happen. And they did it anyway. We had too many dollars in the market with the exact same amount of goods or less, and that bid up the price of absolutely everything. He doesn't acknowledge that. Why doesn't he acknowledge that? Because every reasonable person understands that that's what happened. Even the Bank of Canada has said that that's the reason for inflation. The Prime Minister listed off every reason except for himself. Here's the rest of it. Here in Canada, uh, we have seen inflation come down faster than most of our peer countries. We have the lowest inflation uh, in the, in, uh, among uh, peer countries right now. We're down below 3% back in the Bank of Canada range. But we know that food prices, as you point out, are still uh, too high. That's why uh, we're working with grocery stores through the Competi uh, Competition Bureau to make sure uh, that everything is fair for people. Uh, but as we see inflation come down, we do have to be careful uh, about uh, a wage price spiral increase where uh, inflation starts increasing once again because, uh, because costs continue to go up. We want to keep inflation down so we can have uh, interest rates start coming down again to help people be able to afford their own homes. At the same time as we're creating more jobs and more growth in vibrant cities like Hamilton. Uh, so uh, we're going to keep on it. We're going to continue to make sure uh, that people uh, can succeed, that they're getting the right wages to be able to get through uh, these difficult times. But we're going to continue to make sure that Canada is growing great jobs for the future as international companies and investors are looking increasingly at our stability, our optimism, our ambitious, and Canadians' ability to get things done uh, as a great place to be part of. Next okay, question? let me play just a little bit of what he said one more time, because I think it's something that we all need to pay attention to. We do have to be careful uh, about uh, a wage price spiral increase where uh, inflation starts increasing once again because 
uh, because costs continue to go up. Well, he really cut himself off midway through. I think he realized what he was about to say, and he pulled up right at the last minute. But I'm, I'm hoping that somebody in the parliamentary press gallery is going to follow up on wherever the prime minister was going with that. Does he really think that these increasing wages are going to be part of the problem? Because he seemed like he wanted to do something about it. He had just finished talking about, apparently, apparently, the feds are working with the grocery chains. The prime minister said, we're working to lower foods through the competition bureau. Is there an investigation underway? And how are the feds trying to bring down grocery prices? Number one, we need some answers on that. And number two, what did you mean by we've got to watch out for spiraling wage increases? People are trying to get more money and they're negotiating more money through their unions because the cost of living is so high. And Trudeau is right. If salaries go up, that also is going to increase the price and that could keep inflation high. What's he going to do about that? Was he going to suggest that salaries can't go up anymore? Or should salaries go up an infinite amount until it reaches the price of the cost of living? Uh, we need a little more information on that. We need to find out a little bit more about what the prime minister was going to say because that was a very interesting comment. And it's definitely something that I think Canadians have a right to hear. We know the Bank of Canada wants a recession. They want a recession because they think that there's too many people in the workforce. We have too many people working and making too much money. Now, they won't acknowledge the fact that a lot of that is people who took on a second job just to try and afford to stay in their home and feed their families. Yes, there's a ton of people that have had to take a second job for that. Have you noticed how many senior citizens are back in the workforce all of a sudden? They're working at McDonald's. They're working at Tim Hortons. They're working at Home Depot. They're working at Lowe's. They're working all over the place. A lot of people have had to do that. The Bank of Canada has suggested employment is too high. It's got to come down. Does the Prime Minister agree with that? And if so, what options does he have to keep salaries low? Does he want salaries to remain low? Uh, hey, he brought it up. He brought it up. I just want to know where he was going with that and what he truly thinks about that. That's an important thing that affects every single Canadian from coast to coast to coast. Are salaries getting too high? Will that create more inflation? What did you think you were going to do about that? Somebody please ask him that question. Uh, he did later on in that news conference. I'm sure you've probably heard it because the media was all over it. The prime minister giving a rant about how the opposition is just stirring it up. They're just trying to get people angry. They're, they're rage farming. I saw some people on Twitter say rage farming. Uh, the opposition leader, Pierre Polyev, was asked about that very phenomenon based on the prime minister's comments. Here's his reply. The prime minister has accused you of drumming up fear and anger in the Canadian public, suggesting the way you're doing politics is dangerous for Canadians. You're trying to soften your image. Are you concerned about the idea that you are being portrayed to Canadians as angry? I think that the people who can't pay their rent would realize that whether I told them or not. Do you think, do you really think that the single mother who has seen her rent go up by 100% under Trudeau wouldn't have noticed if I didn't say it? Do you think the 1.5 million people who are forced to go to food banks because Trudeau's driven their food prices up so much wouldn't have noticed if I didn't say it out loud? Do you think the 35-year-old who would have easily been able to afford a home in his 20s when I was the minister responsible but is now stuck in his parents' basement wouldn't have noticed that he's living in a basement 
had I not said it? Do you think that the 500 people who came out to a crime town hall in Timmins because they no longer feel safe in their community wouldn't have noticed all the crime in their city had I not said it out loud? Justin Trudeau and some of his supporters in the media are really concerned that Canadians are angry with him. I'm concerned that Canadians can't afford to live and that they're not safe in their communities. Justin Trudeau is upset that I'm saying things are broken. Maybe he should stop breaking them. Wow. Is that, what, is that where some people would do the mic drop? Is that where they would say that? It's true. Hey, listen, you know that. You're a reasonable person. You've been listening to this last segment on the podcast, and you've probably thought a lot of different things. One of them, I dare say, you probably thought is, kind of weird that Trudeau is accusing somebody else of trying to stir the pot, of trying to stir up anger and, and create a divide amongst the Canadian people. We had an entire election just over a year ago that was fought on pure divisiveness. The whole point of it was to demonize some Canadians who made their own perfectly legal choice for their own personal health. And the prime minister named them and shamed them and, and did far worse in some cases. The anti-vaxxers. They're wrong. If you want to get on a plane or a train in the coming months, you're going to have to be fully vaccinated because everyone needs to get vaccinated and those people are putting us all at risk. Yes, there is a small fringe element in this country that is angry, that doesn't believe in science, that is lashing out with racist, misogynistic attacks. Those protesters who can, I don't even want to call them protesters, those anti-vaxxer mobs, they don't get to dictate policy of this government. Get vaccinated, and you know what? If you don't want to get vaccinated, that's your choice. But don't think you can get on a plane or a train besides vaccinated people and put them at risk. And I am not going to back down no matter how many of them show up to try and shout us down from what I know to be true, what science tells us. These people got to get back to work. We got to figure out this this homeless situation. We got to figure out the uh, interest rates before more people lose their homes. Something has got to give. And right now we've got a prime minister who's just totally in self-preservation mode and not thinking about solutions other than stroke a check. Hey, it's great. You're not cheap. We get it. You like to spend money. We get it. Spend it in the right places. Only spend it on things that are going to guarantee results. And it's got to be quick. Because people are running out of money and people are running out of patience. And frankly, I'm worried about this country. I really am. There is far too many hardworking, middle-class Canadians that have had their entire lives thrown upside down. And it wasn't because of COVID. It was because of the interest rate rises, which were caused by inflation. And right back to where we started, we know what caused inflation. That is the problem. People can't afford to live right now in major cities. People that work hard, two jobs, raising a family, they just can't afford it. And something has got to give. Have yourselves a great day, everybody.